0: So Vanessa, good afternoon and thank you very much for joining me. I um, absolutely delighted that you could uh, take part in this podcast this afternoon. Um, the whole aim is to really bring to life some of the ma- magnificent work that mind is doing in the city and in East London as well. Um, but I think we'll take it back to the start if if we can. I mean every year lMf, decides that it's going to partner with a charity of some sort Uh, and in particular we involve that charity with our biggest event of the year which is our market people awards Uh, this year uh, it was held in may and it was a pleasure to have your team involved Um, it was a great evening as you experienced you were there your, your yourself but i thought Just to give our our listeners and our followers a bit of an idea uh, about Mind, um, it'd be great to sort of go back to the start, really, and understand a little bit more about the organisation. So perhaps you could just explain what Mind is and the sorts of people that seek support from Mind. That'd be really helpful.
1: Well, thank you so much for inviting me here today and for the pleasure of your company and the the company of many other insurance partners at Draper's Hall in, in May. MIND is a federation of mental health charities and our collective mission is that we will not give up till everyone with a mental health difficulty gets both support and respect So it's very important that we're both challenging stigma, myth busting and making sure that mental health needs are seen as just an ordinary part of life. Um, But also that people get whatever support they need to have. So as part of this federation, we have around 110 local minds who are local independent charities who work in partnership with each other, fundamentally with their local communities and with what we call National Mind, which is the campaigning arm of Mind. Collectively, we have worked around mental health for over 75 years. Mind, in the city, Hackney and Wolfham Forest, celebrated its 40th anniversary in 2021. And so we've been really fortunate to be part of the community, both in the city and Hackney, and then the last 10 years, part of the Wolfham Forest community. And we are very deliberately a broad church. We work with any and all mental health needs, either to elevate the voices of people who can't access mental health services and to provide support for them to have rights to access mental health services, or to work with particular groups of people who may be more exposed to mental health needs because of the nature of their work or their social circumstances, or for whatever reason, we as an organisation have some particular focuses, both on the Black community's mental health, which is is something which is acknowledged because of the impact of structural racism, that people from the black community have more significant mental health needs. We also have a particular focus on LGBT plus mental health needs. LGBT plus people are twice as likely to attempt suicide than um, the, the general population, for example. We also have a particular focus on work and mental health and supporting the mental health of people who might be working in sectors where they are more exposed to high stress as a result of their jobs. So during the pandemic, we have been supporting people who work in care homes. We support people who work as part of hospital teams to respond to the pandemic and manage their own mental health needs. We also work very closely with the Metropolitan Police and London Ambulance Service in supporting their mental health needs, counter-terrorism teams. We also, given that we are based in the city, are there for the needs of people who work in financial services and other jobs within the city of London. And unfortunately, people who work in the city, be they people who work in the construction industry in the city or people who work in financial services and whatever form, are more likely to have mental health needs than the rest of the population and are more likely to complete suicide. Than the general population so we work in an area where we have really diverse communities but really significant mental health needs so we have to work alongside people to really understand what works for them and how offer a diverse range of approaches to be able to support those needs effectively
0: excellent thank you very much indeed so obviously you're the amount of work that you do is incredible. I've seen some of it firsthand when I was fortunate enough to visit your offices. But tell us a little bit about how you became involved with MIND to start with. What what sort of drew you into the, the movement, which is obviously doing such tremendous work?
1: Personal experience. So my first involvement with MIND was in a pub in Coventry when I was an undergraduate student at Warwick University. I myself, um, I have a diagnosis of bipolar which means that I experienced very significant depression at times, and also periods of elevation, um, which can be actually very uncomfortable as well. Um, I had a very difficult period in my teens where I I had some some very challenging experiences that I was lucky to survive. And coming to mind and meeting other people who'd had similar experiences, for that witnessing them being able to laugh, to create, to connect, to be non-judgmental was incredibly empowering for me. I was training to be a psychologist at the time, so I knew that I was going to want to work in mental health, but becoming having that warmth and sense of acceptance for whoever I was was something that I really got from MIND that I didn't get from accessing mental health services. And that really made me want to work as part of the MIND community. Um, And so part of my journey, be that as a a professional or indeed the personal parts that I bring to my sense of purpose and how I want to connect at work, have been very powerfully formed through my own experience of mental illness and that of many of my friends.
0: Interesting. Well, you've obviously been on a journey. It must be enormously um, empowering now to be in this position where you can really help others with their mental health needs and and see them on their journey. And, uh, you know, obviously the part of London that you're in has uh, obviously some some issues as well. As you said, you've got the City of London where you people might think, well, you know, City of London should be almost self-sufficient, but they have they have real challenges and needs there, don't they? In 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 the in the financial district, as well as in in other parts of the community. And I met some of those people and saw some of them in their sort of workshop um, environments when I visited your uh, offices in East London recently. It's um, very very interesting to see. So you've been on a, a personal journey yourself, and so it must be quite rewarding to be uh, in 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 this role as well, to be able to give uh, back as well, uh, which is. Interesting. One thing I would like to ask you is uh, about the bigger picture. So perhaps I, I know when we spoke before, you you uh, obviously have got access to a lot of data. Perhaps you just paint a bit of a picture about the mental health status of 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 maybe London, but certainly the UK as well.
1: Absolutely, and there are many statistics. Two speak i think particularly clearly to the scale of need and why it's so important that we collectively acknowledge our roles together in addressing mental health needs the first statistic is 118 billion pounds which is the annual cost to the uk economy of mental health needs so that's the whole spectrum of mental health needs from people experiencing anxiety and the challenges that they might experience both of being absent from work, overly present at work, or being unable to work. The other statistic I will bring, and and this one I think is a, a very, very difficult one, which is the cost of each suicide caused by mental health needs is 1.7 million pounds. And what that is made of. of is the economic cost of um, someone not being able to work because they have died by suicide. Very often, the people most likely to complete suicide are men who are middle aged. So, so, people who may be at what you would expect to be at the height of their economic earning power. Mm. So, it's the effects on the family of loss of income. It is the astonishing effects of bereavement by suicide, which is a a terrible journey to have to be on. It is also the fact that anyone who is bereaved by suicide is themselves more likely to die by suicide. So mental health needs have a profound economic impact, as well as the profound impact around the loss of potential, the loss of opportunity, the loss of connections.
0: Yes, well, thank you very much for, for that. Obviously, it's uh, quite significant there, and I think most of us, in at some stages in our lives, have been impacted by some of those particular scenarios, and uh, we can all sort of share the uh, the the pain that people uh, experience uh, at those particular times. I mean, how critical is the work of mind in the community, especially, you know, due to the situation, uh, the demands on the National Health Service. Um, without the work of mind, I guess a lot of people wouldn't just wouldn't have anywhere to go for their mental health needs.
1: I think it remains absolutely critical. I think we we come from a historic place where mental health needs weren't acknowledged, and I think we still see that in terms of how NHS resources are allocated, that mental health does not get the same level of investment as many other circumstances and, and health conditions that people experience. So it really is the role of charities to be able to, to both bridge the gap and to advocate. Also, there are many people who might choose not to access an NHS services because of either fear of stigma or because of fear that those mental health services won't respond to their needs effectively, that either because of the circumstances they come from, from either previous prior experiences, or because they feel that they will be judged. So if you're a city person whose success is based on reputation, admitting to having a mental health need can still be seen as tantamount to having failure or potential failings or vulnerabilities. And and we need and the role of organisations like Mind is also very much to say it's OK not to be OK. Many of us will be in that position. It is a sign of strength to be able to look after your own health. It is also it's quite a skill to look after your own health. And one of the things that we do is really work both with communities themselves, but also other charities to be able to effectively both meet people where they're at, which means a whole host of different things in terms of how we offer support, but also just to be there to say, it's okay, we can address this issue together.
0: Yes, well, I I, I totally understand what you're saying there, because what I've seen in the City of London, in certainly what we call EC3, which is our village, is um, a huge uh, interest in uh, making people aware of mental health challenges in the workplace, supporting people and this big upsurge in people being trained in mental health first aid, which is great to see. And I'm hoping that this interview today will highlight this even more and encourage more people to really take a look at this. And a understand that there is support if they need it. And, and secondly, you know, Maybe you can provide support through working with your local mind, working with you guys, or indeed training as a mental um, as a, a mental health first aider, which would be great.
1: Yes. And I think that the increased interest that the city and city staff have in looking after each other's mental health is a fantastic thing, both because of the vulnerability that people who work in the city might experience to mental health needs, but also just that sense that actually doing business also involves looking after each other. And we also particularly welcome everyone who has chosen us as their provider of training around mental health first aid and all of the other courses that we offer to support people to manage their own and also look out for others' mental health. Becoming a mental health first aid trainer is a really good first step to addressing those mental health needs, both because it teaches you to look after your own mental health needs and gives you some very clear visualization and techniques to support you to do so. But also it helps those little signs that someone might be experiencing something that you're not entirely sure. And people often think, well, if I say something, will I make matters worse? And that is extremely rarely to be the case. Looking out for those signs of different forms of distress is such an important buffer for people. And asking those questions, are you okay? Asking it more than once, being able to say, I'm concerned for you. Is there anything I can do to support you? All of those things that you learn from the mental health first aid training are an absolute lifesaver. Mental health first aid was developed in Australia, partly because of being such a massive country where the, so the, the infrastructure is really limited, that they had to really rely on people who are having close day to day contact with each other, being able to have helpful conversations. Those conversations are particularly helpful in environments where people might be inclined to soldier through things, be they Australian farmers or city workers, people who are used to being effective and might feel like they want to kind of just Power their way through circumstances. So being okay to have those conversations is an essential first step. So we train people to do that. We train people to understand a little bit more about particular aspects of their own mental health and others' mental health, including things like trauma, how to deal with things like sleep, which I have to say is incredibly important, particularly when you're working long hours. Sleep and good being a good sleep habits is as important to mental health Is breathing is and eating is. These things absolutely go together. So learning how to manage all of these things for yourself and to recognise the signs of when people aren't managing as part of your team is incredibly important. We also offer training and consultancy. So we do therapeutic support to companies. So we might go in and do an analysis of the, their culture, you know, both in terms of kind of the messages that come from C-suite or from their HR departments. We might unfortunately come in after there's been an incident particularly in a suicide related incident, both to support the organisation to debrief and to to grieve collectively, or to help them think through how they can prevent such an awful occurrence happen again. In many cases, people, organisations, don't know exactly what they want, and so what they, prefer to have is some kind of diagnostic support we don't know exactly what isn't going right in our organizational culture but we know that there isn't something that isn't and so we really want to work to change that and so we work alongside them to train that through our mind in the city arm
0: thank you well that's that's very helpful to know because I'm sure that some of the people listening today will want to reach out to you guys and uh, see how they can work more closely with you. So thank you very much for for explaining that. Um, so as as we said at the beginning of this particular interview you know every year we choose a charity to support. Last year we chose the London Ambulance Service which an organisation you mentioned that you work very closely with—they did mention to us that they they work very closely with you as well, and uh, they've received support from you. So um, this year we've obviously chosen you as our our, our nominated charity. Um, we, as you know, at the awards we raised ten thousand pounds, which was our obviously the initial burst. We hopefully will raise some more throughout the year, but um, and and that's. That came from the very kind generosity of the London market joint ventures and indeed all the people that were at Draper's Hall that night celebrating the the talent that we have in in the London insurance market. But be very interested to know, based on obviously that that initial £10,000 that we've raised, you know, if you have any plans for those funds, because I know that you tend to work on a very often on a project based approach. So um, I'm sure that our listeners would be very, very keen to to know perhaps if there are specific projects that you've earmarked those funds for.
1: Absolutely. And first of all, thank you to everyone who gave such great company and such generosity on that evening. It's very, very much appreciated. welcome. And what we're intending to do with those funds is twofold. So, as as I said earlier, we are part of a federation. Um, and so local minds work within areas of operation areas of benefit, but we also work collaboratively together because mental health communities go, you know, are much wider than geographical boundaries. And so part of the funds that we were raising that night uh, are going to Mind in London, which is a collaborative of 18 local mines within Greater London. And the specific focus for that work is on the Muslim Mind Collaborative. And so we are working with a whole range of charities and philanthropists um, within the Muslim community in London um, to platform a better understanding and way of addressing Muslim mental health needs. So there's about 1.2 people in London who identify as Muslim at the moment. Uh, Forty percent of them live in poverty. Um, and poverty is strongly associated with poorer mental health. We did a piece of research as the Muslim Mind Collaborative in 2021, which indicated that young Muslims in particular were very unlikely to seek support for their mental health precisely because they feared... um, Islamophobia, as well as other form of stigmas around um, mental illness itself. And so what we want to do with that fund is both to um, use them to create some specifically tailored therapeutic support for the the London Muslim community. um, Using the very good work that our network of Islamic focused psychotherapists have been doing and building up, um, but also supporting toolkits. Um, for mine staff but also NHS staff within London to really understand what is it that's different about how you might... Address uh, the needs of a mental health need from someone who is coming to you who identifies as Muslim from any other group. What are the things that makes that person feel more comfortable, more welcome, more likely to feel capable of addressing those needs in partnership with you? So we will be training our own staff throughout the the London Mind Network to be able to support doing that. We will be training them in, in some specific Islamic focused therapeutic supports. We will be supporting our Muslim staff. Um, Because also making sure that people can get therapeutic support from people that they feel understand their experiences is really core to what what mind does. And so we will be delivering um, and building a a Muslim mind staff network as part of that as well. It will also go towards us. Um, within Mind in the City, Hackney, Waltham Forest, specifically in developing one of our subsidiary organisations which is the Radical Caring Training Company. So we're very fortunate as a local mind to have lots of people who are consultants and psychotherapists who work with us who have de- developed specific therapeutic supports for different groups of people and we this year are developing a trading arm so that we can train different organisations, including other charities across the world and the NHS to be able to pr- provide these therapeutic supports in order to give effect more effectively address the needs of different communities, including the Muslim community.
0: Wow, that's amazing, amazing work. Well, I, you know, obviously we wish you all the best with that particular project and uh, hopefully we can support you more with that in terms of uh, raising additional funds as the, as the year goes on. So if someone is listening to this broadcast today and uh, feels that they they might benefit from some support from MIND or one of the, let's say, parts of the Federation, um. What would your your recommendation would be about how to access that support? where 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 do they go? Where's the best place to start?
1: Acknowledging that you have a need and that you are worthwhile and that you should receive support from that need is in itself a big step, and we applaud that step. Now, each local mind, has its own website it has its own phone number it has a unique range of services but i would strongly advise anyone wanting support around their mental health to go to their local minds website so if you type in mind into google or any other search engine um, and the local area where you live then you will find that we will be able to have some kind of support for you for your mental health needs Um, you may want to access support Remotely or digitally, and you might want to do that by going to mind.org.uk, which is the national mine site, which also has details of all the local mines. If you live within the city or work within the city of London, Hackney, or Waltham Forest, you are most welcome to come to www.mindchwf.org.uk and we will support you. Or if you are a city worker or you are um, someone who works in a company who is interested in protecting the mental health of your workers within the city, www.mindinthecity.org.uk is where we specifically support people who work for city companies.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much. And probably that answers my next question was about if someone wants to support you, uh, an organisation, be it part of their own nomination, nominated, nominated charity scheme for the year, should they contact those, you know, those, those same addresses, those local minds or how, how should they go about that?
1: absolutely so we could not survive and do all the things that we do without the generosity of local companies supporting us and that is the case for every single local mind and so um, we encourage fundraising relationships um, and partnerships with each of the local minds in the local area so for city companies please do come and talk to us. We have a whole range of city partners who either very publicly or more discreetly support our work in a whole host of different ways, either financially or in gifting kind. And I can't reiterate enough, we would not be able to do the range of things that we do without that support. Um, If you're a an individual or a company based in another part of London, then you're most welcome to contact those other local mines associations, and they would be most grateful of your support.
0: Excellent. Well, I hope people do, and i you know, the city is always particularly uh, generous and, uh, and philanthropic, so I'm I'm sure that people will be in touch. But, you know, I'm conscious of your 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 time because I know you're going to you're in a particular busy role. So I'd just like to say thank you very much indeed for sparing the time to talk to me. I have to say, you know, my team and i uh, it's been a real pleasure working with your team um in east london and you know hopefully this broadcast and indeed the the work that we've done at the market people awards working with you and that we'll continue to do throughout the rest of 2023 brings more light to the work, the great work that you're doing, and that more organisations reach out to support you. But I'll just say thank you very much indeed. It's been a real pleasure and we look forward to continuing that journey with you. So thank you very much indeed for joining me today, Vanessa.
1: Thank you very much and thank you to everyone in the London Market Forum who's given so generously. We really appreciate it.
0: Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. For more information, please visit
1: mind.org.uk. If you would like to contact Mind, their info line is 0300 1233393 or email them at info at mind.org.uk.